my brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days of Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the skies have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered them, let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. What is your excuse not to follow Jesus? Don't we often come up with good excuses? There might be another reason, something else to do, than not come to Mass. Something else can get in the way of us trying to live the message of the Gospel. Well, Luke tells us today that some pretty big excuses, some pretty reasons, good reasons to delay following Jesus. First, bury your father. First, say farewell and goodbye to the family. And Jesus is pretty blunt. He says, resist distractions. Keep a hand firmly on the plow firmly on the requirements that's needed to be a disciple. Firmly on what is ahead and not what is behind. This Jesus is a real pain in the neck. That is what one of our parishioners said to me recently. I told him he's in the witness protection program, Father, and you know him pretty well. 
He's one of our most faithful, one of our most knowledgeable people we have here at the parish. He's found ways to get to know the Bible better. He's gone down to the Baptist church and joined a study group down there. He knows a lot about church documents and church history. He studied theology. But after a weekend retreat, he was awestruck on how other people were following Jesus. And it was put right in front of him, as he said, and not much unlike today's gospel, that following Jesus is demanding, it's difficult, and it challenges us. Last week, Jesus asked us the questions, who do the crowds say that I am? But who do you say that I am? And Peter asked, answered pretty confidently, the Christ of God. But we don't always have, have an easy answer, do we? But if you think about it, look what Peter had to go through to get there, to be confident that he knew Jesus. He had to deny him three times. He had to refuse to wash his feet. But in the end, he followed him, and he gave up everything. When we take up a commitment to follow Jesus, when we take up the crosses, when we embrace our own crosses, our own struggles, and yes, it can be challenging, and yes, it can be demanding, but when we trust in Jesus, it's followed by hope and resurrections in all of our lives. Something happened to me when I was finishing up a job out in Springfield a few weeks ago. One of the guys I work with has been a pretty good friend to me. And we've had a lot of great conversations. Often our talks have been about life and seeing life through hopeful eyes. He's a guy who came back from Haiti on a Christian service trip. He's a two-time cancer survivor. And he's been a real help to other people who are struggling with cancer. And he's someone who has a real strong conviction of who he is and what's important in his life. And I really value his friendship. So he came into my office. He closed the door. And he gave me some terrible news. He told me that his cancer had returned for the third time and that he would start chemotherapy at Dana Father the next week. It was advanced. What would be devastating news for all, any of us, amazingly, what he said to me in my office stopped me in my tracks. He said to me, I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'm going. And he said it with such confidence. His faith had given him the courage and the strength to carry on and share his struggle. He's been very public about it. He's gone to Facebook, and he publicly talks to people with cancer. Faith and in prayer and Jesus are essential to his part of the journey. He's not looking back. 
just ahead to whatever God's plan is for him. And I can tell you, for me and for many of the people who know him, real hope, and he is a real live example and witness to how it's best to live through adversity, through faith, in ways that I haven't seen in a long time. So then that next week, it was my last week in the job, my last sales meeting. And I said, eh, you know what, I think I'm going to go buy them a box of Joe and some bagels. So it's about 6.30 at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm in line, and if you've ever ordered those big box of Joe's, you know, it takes a little while for them to brew it. And they have to get all the stuff for the office, the sugar, and it's kind of, I don't think the Dunkin' Donuts like to do those things. So they're not that patient about it, but I, I, I was going to do it. So while I'm waiting, it's taking a little while to brew the coffee, I looked over and there was a couple in the corner and they were holding hands. And they were saying something to themselves. It was, it was, they, were at, they were in an intense prayer. And it wasn't just a quick prayer of grace. It was intense. They, you could tell that they were struggling. You could tell there was something going on with them. So the prayer ended and they, they began to drink their coffee. So the, the order was ready and I began to walk out. But I needed to kind of walk by them. And I am not sure what, a lot, what told me to do this, but here's what I said. Whatever your intentions are, they're in my prayers today. And they looked at me, a little startled, but with faces of gratitude. The woman and the man, with, I could see it in their eyes. And emotionally, they just said two words. They said, thank you, thank you. And I left and went about my business. What strikes me that that is what the body of Christ is. That is what discipleship is. What we give to others, and it's not big things. It may be just a small gesture of support and affirmation. Finally, Friday night. We have an annual get-together with the bishop and deacons and their wives. We get together and we usually have a speaker. And the speaker on Friday night was Ryan Thornley of My Brother's Keeper. And he's the operations guy at their Easton facility. You may be familiar with My Brother's Keeper, but I can tell you that it's, it's, it's an organization that we support here financially at the parish. We support at Christmas, we support at Easter, we support with prayers as well. It serves the many among us who need help and assistance. So Ryan told his life story, his journey. He told us of his dream to be a college soccer player at Stonehill. He had a great talent with that in high school at Sacred Heart in Kingston. Huge passion. It was what he wanted to do. It, who's, who he thought he was. And then he gets to Stonehill College and confidently tries out for the team. 
Well, they told him he was too small. He was good, but he wasn't good enough for the team. It was a huge disappointment for him. And he just didn't understand it. So he went to Jesus. He said, Jesus has a different plan for me. He closed that door, but maybe there's another window opening. So he began to spend time at my brother's keeper to fill the time that he didn't have, that he had because of the soccer decision. He met his wife on a service trip, and he has devoted his life to a life of service to the poor. He's now a key person at my brother's keeper, and he serves thousands of people in need. As he said, if he was accepted in that soccer team, he wouldn't have had the privilege to do what he does and to be who he is. So as he was talking to us, we kind of looked behind, and it didn't miss, no one got by this. Even the bishop had something to say about it. As he was doing his talk, there were framed photos behind him depicting the Beatitudes. Ryan and his wife are showing us, showing us as he gave the talk, how to live them humbly as followers of Jesus. As we try to find our own path, our own road to follow Jesus, here are a few questions maybe we can ponder. Was there anyone who quit an addiction without a cross? Was there any high school or college student who graduated without a cross? Was there any patient who suffered from a disease without a cross? Was there anyone who tried to serve without a cross? All crosses are followed with Jesus right there beside us, followed by the hope of sobriety, the hope of growth and maturity, of faith and understanding, the hope of healing and peace, the hope of serving the most humble among us. Our lives are all journeys that follow our own risings. Our faith is a resurrection of hope and of love. When we follow Jesus, it transforms us. It transforms us to people of love. It turns us all into something real beautiful. People of spirits of generosity and gratitude. People who don't look back, people who look ahead and only move forward to the people that God wants us to be with no excuses. To everyone who's lost someone they love Long before it was their time You feel like the days you had were not enough When you said goodbye And to all of the people with burdens and pains 
keeping you back from your life you believe that there's nothing and there is no one who can make it right and there is hope for the helpless rest for Children around the world without a home say a prayer tonight. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing.
Driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve. Going home to see her mama and her daddy with the baby in the back seat. Fifty miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. And before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her lives flash before her eyes. She didn't even have time to cry. She was so scared. She threw her hands up in the air. Jesus, take the Change. It's over now. 